Muso Mondays with Kyan and Jade, keeping you up to date with everything in the music world. Welcome back to Muso Mondays with Kyan and Jade, where we keep you up to date with everything that's happening in the music world. In this week's episode, we are catching you up on what's been going on in the past two weeks, including Aretha Franklin's granddaughter, what she's been up to. We'll also go through a study that was done about female artists and performance anxiety. So I feel like we should start this episode off with what's been happening in our lives for the past two weeks and obviously as to why we missed an episode last week. So you may have heard, you know, if you've been on social media or the news, anything, the Northern Rivers or Northern New South Wales and South Queensland have had major flooding recently, pretty much wiping out whole towns and everything. And we are in the Northern Rivers, that's where... (laughs) We're both from. And we're at the town that got hit the worst. Yep. So you may hear the name Lismore getting around there. That is our town. Now you know where we live. Don't come and stalk us. <laughs> um, but not there's much left to look at, so don't come. No. <laughs> Please don't. Unless you're bringing supplies. Yep. Um, so we just wanted to go over the flood because it can be a bit of a tough time for people. Yeah, and I feel like something that's not often spoken about a lot, um, it's just all like, how can you do to help? But it's also like the mental effects, the survivor's guilt, the, mm. like, the lack of support that's been going on. I know that's starting now, but it feels like all this stuff is just happening too late. Yeah. So Lee's Moore is a town that floods all the time. It's literally known for flooding. You you go around the town, it's got signs on the pole saying, this is where the last flood hit. Like, this is yeah. where the... And it's like, we've experienced flash flooding before heaps of times. Like, mm. you know what I mean? And the people who live here are experienced in flooding. They yeah. experience it all the time. Yeah. But the flood that hit us is unlike anything that has ever happened in history. It's actually record-breaking, but not in a good way. Yeah. So it rose to 14 metres. Wasn't it like 14.6 or something like that? Something like that. But that's high, okay? So think about your house. If you have a double-storey house... That's like your roof. So people were stuck on their roofs. And some people didn't even get onto their roofs and Mm. died. Yeah, it's been very, very tragic here in the Northern Rivers recently. I don't know how Queensland's going. I don't really hear much about them. Yeah, well, I went up to Queensland to buy supplies the other day because I had nothing and you can't get anything here. Mm. Um, And it was almost like nothing had happened. That's weird. That's almost freakier. Right? It just feels like we're in a bad dream. Yeah. I feel like it's nice all around us and then Mm -hmm. it's just us and we're just like a bomb's gone off. It genuinely not being exaggerating nothing actually looks like a bomb's going off. Like Yeah, except there's still buildings standing, but there's nothing inside of them. Mm. And and more than a thousand homes have been deemed uninhabitable and have to be rebuilt completely. Yeah. And you may be thinking, oh, well, why didn't they all get insurance, flood insurance? Because it's a flood town, the insurance was something ridiculous. It's like 16 grand. Yes, yeah, something so stupid like that. No one's going to pay that for a year. Mm-hmm. if it's not going to flood that year and we're being told, oh, don't worry, it's not going to get past the other floods? Yeah, so basically, for a bit of background, we got the flood warning. They said, oh, it's only going to be, like, same as 2017, if not even less. Like, we've mm. got we've got this, there's no need to worry. So a lot of people just, like, just moved all their stuff up to the second story yeah. or just, like, up from underneath. Like, houses here are on really high off the ground anyways mm. because of the flooding. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, I, the flood last time didn't reach my home, so I'll just stay at home, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I'll be fine. And then, nope, the flood was so high it went over people's roofs. It was insane. So, where I live, all of Ballina and all of Lismore, South Lismore, North Lismore, that all has to go under before it even touches my doorstep because we're that high above ground. 
It got 100 metres from our doorstep. Driving up the streets, there's telephone poles in the middle of the paddocks and the water's like above halfway on that. And that's like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all these trees that I didn't even realise. I was looking at a lake for a week. That is absolutely horrific. So I live at the very top of the mountain, so I wasn't like... I didn't get trapped. Mm. But in a way, I kind of did because, like, Lismore was literally, like, surrounded by water so you couldn't get in and out. Yeah, no. Nah. Going through this experience, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of survivor's guilt and I feel like that's something that is not being talked about in the media. Mm. Because, like, I feel guilty for not losing my house. I feel guilty for not losing my job. I yeah. feel guilty for not losing my life or, like, not losing my pets. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, how can we complain when some people lost everything? Yeah, and the biggest thing, like, I was talking to my counsellor, actually, and I was like, oh, it almost feels like, how dare I be traumatised by this? Like, how dare I be sad and how dare I be upset about all of this? And she's like, no, like, it's a traumatic time for everybody, no matter how much you've lost, how little you've lost. Like, loss doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, everybody is equal and everybody's mm. experienced this at the exact same time. Yeah. In reality, if you look at it umbrella term way, we all went through a natural disaster this week. Yeah, some people lost their houses, but we were all going through that same natural disaster. So, in a way, like, yeah, I have survivor's guilt. I know you have survivor's guilt because... Like, you were in Ganelabar. <laughs> Anyone mm-hmm. in Ganelabar would be feeling like shit right now just because they were on the hill. They're right there, but they can't help. Like, that would be the thing that would trip me out if I lived up in Ganelabar. Yeah, and, like, obviously for our jobs, we work in, um, like, media, so we're, like, broadcasting. And I literally had somebody call me and tell me, like, I'm in danger, I need help. Like, help me. And I said, I can't do anything but call the police or the SES, which is um, State Emergency Services, which is, like, mm-hmm. they, they were the people doing the rescue. And they were so in dated with calls that most of the people doing the rescue were people on private boats yeah and you know how dangerous that is actually because people on private boats they don't have proper boats because you need to have a flatbed boat and also like a certain engine otherwise they can get damaged True. and cause damage to the environment and they don't have proper training either so that's actually dangerous for them they're going out there putting their own lives in risk to save other people ripping roofs off of houses to get people out basically the flood waters overtopped the levee at like 2am which they said it was going to happen at 5am so people were like frantic leaving and the evacuation order said leave by like to like 5 a.m mm. and everybody was like okay cool and then it just topped and it happened so fast that it was literally ripping people's clothes off yeah it was insane how fast it happened i feel like it was just weird because i was going to all those shops the day before right i was i was literally downtown and i was like talking to the owner of a shop we were like joking and being and i would be like oh are you ready for the flood like and they said oh no nah, yeah we're ready like just moved it all upstairs right around mm. i was like all right well good luck yeah and I was like, I feel like such an asshole for saying that. No, now. looking back at it, you would. And it was like, we were just joking around. And you, he was clearly, like, taking the piss. He was yeah. like, oh, this is going to be nothing. Because no one took it seriously because we weren't told to take it seriously. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Jeez. And places and houses and stuff like that that have never been under before went under. How yep. crazy is that? Insane. So we wanted to do a bit of focus on mental health. Yeah. And the floods, because like we were saying, it's affecting everyone. We all did go through this event. And just because, you know, someone lost their house and you might might not have lost anything, but you're still sort of there, you're still going to be going through stuff mentally. Like, even if it's just survivor's guilt, I know that we're definitely going through survivor's guilt because it doesn't feel good. <laughs> no. So I just want to let you know some self-care. Recognise that you've been through a distressing time, so don't get angry with yourself for being upset. This is a big one for me because mm. I, I don't feel like I have any right to be upset. Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know. Same. But then it's like also looking at it, that was all of our shops. Like I was a client for probably half of those shops and everything. Well, it's not even that. It's just like it's our town. Yeah. And the whole entire vibe around the area is just really scary at the moment. But anyways. Mm. It is nice to see how much the community has actually come together though. Yeah. Like everyone's just helping each other out, doing what they can. It's great. Remember that there are no right or wrong ways to feel. Don't suppress your feelings. Share them with people you trust when you are ready to do so. I think that was good about our workplace because we're all so comfortable with each other. We could openly talk about this after Mm, it happened. Yeah. And I think that got quite a few of us through. (laughs) Rest if you're tired. Physical exercise is also important. And let family and friends know of your needs. When you feel tired, need time out, want to talk or be with someone. So those are really important. And personally, I find when I'm struggling with my mental health, keeping a good routine and sticking to it helps because it gives Mm. you a sense of belonging. Yeah, so a few numbers that you can also call, and these are immediate 24-7 help. You can call the Mental Health Line on 1-800-111-511. That's 1-800-011-511. Or Beyond Blue at one 300 4636 Lifeline on 13 11 14 men's line on 1300 789978 lifeline text on 0477 13 11 14 the kids helpline for children under age of 12 years is 1800 551 800 and the suicide callback service is 1300 659 467 and of course in an emergency please call 000 or go to your nearest hospital emergency department Uh, If you did want to help out and you can't physically be here to, you know, do the physical labour of cleaning out houses, cleaning the streets and everything, there are different organisations you can donate to. You just just look it up. There's heaps out there. There's so many GoFundMes for all the different companies and everything. And one that is pretty close to us, Flaming Hearts Records, with every shirt purchase from her, all proceeds are going straight to help the floods. So Flaming Heart Records, buy a shirt for that if you want to help out. Yeah, one of our good friends. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, good on it. Moving on to some music news, though, uh, let's talk a little bit about Aretha Franklin and her granddaughter. So her granddaughter's been rejected from American Idol. How embarrassing. Mm. How embarrassing. But also, like, you can't go in there and say, yeah, I'm Aretha Franklin's granddaughter, because then... They're going to be like hard on you. Yeah, but the stakes are so high then. Like, you can't say that. Imagine she was good and they just denied her just to be like, ha-ha. Ha-ha. <laughs> Sucks to be you. <laughs> So she's 15, by the way. Her name is Grace Franklin. She didn't advance from her audition. And speaking before her audition, she said, I feel like people expect me to sing exactly like her, but I am my own artist and I have my own voice. Very fair point. And she does have an actually a nice voice. It's just not memorable like Aretha Franklin. But Mm. it is a good voice. It just seems very generic. And that's probably why they were hard on her, because she was Aretha Franklin's granddaughter. Yeah. She should have just not said anything afterwards, been like, by the way. Aretha Franklin. Good old Arnie Reader. In the actual audition process, they were asking personal questions about Aretha and stuff, like, why does she always carry her handbag? Because apparently going up to stage whenever she went to perform, she'd always just have her handbag in her hand up until she got to stage, and they are like, what is in that handbag? <laughs> Grace was like, that's where the money is. <laughs> And everyone's like, okay, um, no thanks to you. (laughs) 
So she performed a version of Roberto Flack's Killing Me Softly in the style of the Fugees iconic cover, which I actually didn't know that the Fugees, it was actually a cover. So apparently the performance was a little bit sleepy and subdued and Katy Perry called it soft. I, I don't know how to feel about <laughs> Katy Perry, to be honest. Ever since her, you know, the, the scene. The video with, <laughs> and there was all those random memes and she was trying to be cool, that one? No, the, the one where she was like the eyewitness thing, but she did the live stream and she was just like, she was just standing there just like lifeless, just staring at nothing. And she did like the counselling session. It was all live streamed. Oh. I remember watching that and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I was talking about that music video she came out with and she was trying to get in with the kids. You could obviously tell. So she was using all these references. But when they filmed it, it was months and months ago, like when the references were relevant. And then when it was released, everyone was like, oh, my God, this is from February. Like, you can't be referencing this. Is this um, the one where she was like trying to be like a Tumblr girl? Because I remember she went through that. She was like, I'm obsessed with Tumblr. And I remember my parents being like, Tumblr's an evil place. And I was like, okay, mom, we're going. <laughs> I remember Tumblr. I had a pretty good account on Tumblr. I was never allowed one, so I didn't have one. <laughs> Do whatever you want if they don't find out about it. <laughs> held that one in for 22 years. <laughs> anyway, for reasons, that. Um, that wasn't true. <laughs> she also went on, though, by the way, to perform her grandmother's track, Ain't No Way, but she was still unsuccessful. No, oh, that's awkward. She was trying to redeem herself. She's like, fine, I'll sing Granny Retha. <laughs> I'll, I'll sing her. They're like, no, ma'am. How embarrassing, though. She's 15. She's in school. Imagine going to school and being like, oh, no, I didn't get into American Idol. Aren't you Aretha Franklin's grandkid? Yeah. It's a lot of pressure, you know? <laughs> it's like, imagine being Katy Perry's kid. You're just, like, expected to sing. Yeah, yeah. But don't sing soft, because she'll call you soft. In front of the nation. <laughs> so, moving on. Um, a new study has been done, and it was done because International Women's Day was last week, um, and it shows that 98% of female artists suffer from performance anxiety. I didn't think it would be so high. 98%'s a lot. Yeah. I'd like wow. to see the statistics for men, though. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Because surely it'd have to be around the same, because or they'd just be faking confidence, or they would lie in the survey. Or it could just be like Rihanna, and how she says on the day is where she wakes up and does a feel confident she goes uh pretend and then like all those memes where it's like the uh pretend and it's like i literally think about that every morning what do you do on those days that you don't feel that confident or fearless or powerful to get out there uh pretend fake it yeah until we make it i mean why not it's either that or cry myself to sleep who wants to do that you wake up with puffy eyes the next day that's a waste <laughs> of waste tears of so, this new study, it was conducted by Pirate Studios and it found 98% of female artists suffer from performance anxiety. The global network of studios asked their community of live artists and DJs about what changes were needed in the gig circuit. And in a post on their website to mark International Women's Day, Pirate revealed that many female artists cited gender as the reason for their feelings around performance anxiety. They wrote that 28% are more likely to experience this than their male counterparts. Wow. What are your predictions? as to why they've noticed this gender gap and not, like, a music gap. What do you mean? Because, like, saying you can't perform <laughs> something because you're a girl, that just sounds like an excuse. Could it be because they're not taken as seriously? Or could it be for over-sexualisation? Because I know that women are over-sexualised in the industry. 
True. And I've always been told sex sells. Yeah, does. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you. The study mentioned one DJ who described her performance anxiety as coming from the perceived need to compete with male DJs. So it's like this sort of dominance thing in the music industry right now. And while another said that performing at new and unfamiliar places as the only female on a lineup can be very intimidating and cause anxiety. So, yeah, that would make sense because, like, let's be real, most DJs are men. Mm -hmm. So then when you're the only girl there and there's just, like, backstage, there would be, like, ten other male DJs and you were the only female, I don't think a single one of them would approach you. No, or even recognise you. No. You'd just be a fly on the wall. They'd probably treat you like a servant, to be honest. Yep, which is really fucked up, like, Mm -hmm. if you think about it. And also, like, the crowd as well. Like, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was at the start of this year or the end of last year when Playboy Cardi went on his tour Mm. and Rico Nasty was, like, opening for him. And everybody was, like, booing her, throwing stuff at her. When they literally have the same sound, but one of them's a male and the other one's a female. Make it make sense. People don't say they're sexist or misogynistic, but then you look at things like this, when you're in a group environment, did you boo along? Yeah. And it's very much like a, um, they have a lot of like internalised misogyny Mm. um, and a lot of, like they'll do it behind the backs of everybody. Yeah. Like I don't, I've never understood and I never will understand the reason as to why this even occurred. Like, why does discrimination even occur? Like, I don't understand what's the need for it. Who decided that one day, like, who was the person that one day decided, you know what, I don't like you because of the way how you look. I don't like you because of the way how you identify. Mm. No, I don't like you because of the way how you're born. Um, sorry, I didn't know that I had a choice. <laughs> yeah, I think that it comes down to power at the end of the day. Everyone just wants to have power on something else. So back in the day, it did end up being straight white men. They had all the power over everyone. But who decided that they were going to be the power? They we just sh- became it. We should have <laughs> kicked them while they could have been down. Yeah, we could have, but they were the stronger ones that overpowered everyone else. The women could have overpowered them, but we didn't. So they had their time, and I think that now we're having our time, to be honest. Oh, good. Mm. So a third DJ noted that feeling isolated at gigs, being surrounded by men as a female in a male-orientated industry can cause anxiety, especially if they all know each other. Massive. When I came into the audio industry, I had so much anxiety because there were three girls in my class and one of them was Sophie Flaming Heart Records and then one of them's still in, in uni and that was it. There were three girls. And you know what? They probably think, oh, she's a girl. She'll probably drop out and just go do like mm-hmm. beauty therapy. Yep. And I think me and Sophie are literally the only successful ones but anyway. (laughs) But yeah, going into audio especially, I was just, I did not think that I would come as far as I have, especially in a short amount of time because of how male-dominated it is. Yeah, well, I didn't have a similar experience in my, because I went to radio school. I didn't do, like, audio, like, engineering stuff that you did. Mm. Um, So we had a lot of females there. It was female-dominant, and everybody goes, oh, that's because all the females want to be the spotlight. And it's like, no, <laughs> I just enjoy the thought of like I just enjoy radio. You know what I mean? How like yeah. how there's some people that just like you've always kind of known you wanted to do something. Mm. That's like what I want. I've always known that I want to do radio my whole entire life. Mm. Some sort of like entertainment. So it's yeah. like some people just want to do that, and maybe it's because oh, women might not be as um, scared to follow this because I feel like there's a lot of toxic masculinity as well that plays into that. But then also then men play the victim, and I don't like it when men play the victim because <laughs> like you marginalised us for the, all of these years. Mm-hmm. We only started getting rights about forty years ago. 
honestly, honestly. So the women that completed this survey gave suggestions on how the music industry might change in order to better support artists with performance anxiety. And this included greater diversity on lineups, having more safe spaces for artists and having drug and alcohol protocols. So yeah, that would be a massive thing backstage because drugs and alcohol are very prominent at concerts. Like you can't go to one without having drugs and alcohol, really. Well, yeah, that, that's the annoying thing as well. Like I remember talking to somebody who was like, oh, I want to go to that festival. They said, you can't go to that festival sober. And I'm like, why not? I just want to dance the music and enjoy seeing the artist and remember it. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> well, seeming as it was International Women's Day, let's talk about our favourite woman artist. Okay. So I have a question for you, Jay. Mm. If you had to listen to one female artist for the rest of your life, who would it be and why? Hmm. The rest of my life? Uh-huh. Till you die. Like, I I want you to, like, be grooving out to this at, like, 90. Megan the Stallion. Gotta be. She motivates me more than anyone, more than my mum, more than any teacher ever could, more than any mentor. Megan the Stallion, you chuck that on in the morning, you are ready to fight some fucking bitches. <laughs> you are ready to go. I... <laughs> love her music so much. Well, some of it's a hit and a miss. Some of you, you're like, why'd you do this, Megan? <laughs> but most of it's really good. Very empowering. What about you? It makes me laugh. I can just imagine you at like 90 years old with your little like walking frame, like, ah! Like, <laughs> <laughs> My ah music. <laughs> yes. They're like, the, the care workers, like, ah, ma'am, we need to get you a thing. You're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah, buddy, yaddy, 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 yaddy. You're like, hot girl shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, twerking while like, you're like, oh, my back. <laughs> my back, my back. <laughs> So, mine would be Doja Cat, obviously. Mm, yeah, like, that does surprise me. <laughs> and I think it's just because, like, I just love her personality. Her humour is, like, we have the same humour. Like, we're basically besties, you know, and she doesn't know that. <laughs> I just like how versatile her music is, like, her voice. She's done, like, rock, R&B, rap, like, pop, you know, can do all of it. And she's a really good producer. She produces a lot of her own songs. And she's just really creative, and it's just has really good stage presence as well, can dance really well. It's just really refreshing to see an artist like that, like, nowadays. Mm. Doja Cat is very free in a way. <laughs> She's just her, yeah. unapologetically her. Yeah, she posted a TikTok the other day and she was like, oh, I've got to make some stupid Taco Bell thing, but uh, it's an ad, so just so you guys know, that's not me, that's um, <clears throat> that's an ad. <laughs> and, and then they commented, this was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that. And then Doja Cat's like, fuck you. No. <laughs> they actually had beef um, because Doja Cat leaked her commercial before it came out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I Do you remember? I actually showed you the live stream where she was creating the beat for it. Yeah. She created the beat and everything, wrapped it, and then released it. Not bad, Doja. Not mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. If you've enjoyed today's podcast episode, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you listen to our podcast episodes. Also, follow our official Muso Mondays playlist on Spotify. We have a lot of really exciting things coming. I'm so excited. And we're going to put our favorite song of each artist that we have just said on the playlist. So you'll have to go over there and give it a follow to find out. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Muso Mondays with Kyan and Jade. New- New episodes every Monday at 6pm.